Hey, have you guys ever heard of an Alabama wet wop? Is this how we're starting this? this? is how we're starting this. This is how we're starting this. An Alabama wet wop is where you blow your nose into your own toilet paper before you wipe your own ass with it. We're just trying to save money down here, folks. <laughs> so that's the only thing we're wet doing. Wet wops below. are damn expensive. <laughs> that's the only thing we're doing below the basic dicks line, baby. We're just trying to live. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, if you get that cheap... Toilet paper. If you're trying to save money, you're probably buying cheap toilet paper. If you get that cheap toilet paper and blow your nose, and it's just going to tear apart anyway. You're just going to be wiping your ass with your hand with snot booger in your hand. Yeah, man, it's pretty. I mean, listen, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of Angel Soft. Yeah, that's what I've always used. Yeah, I don't like Charmin and stuff because it tears too easy. Mm. And I don't want the chocolate finger. Or to check my own oil mid-wop. You know what I mean? AngelSoft is soft enough that it doesn't hurt, and it's got enough grip that you can get something done. See, I'm, I've not been, like, super partial about any toilet paper, as long as it's not cheap. Like, I don't uh, like the cheap. I'm telling you, you got to try AngelSoft then. I have. Okay. No, I, I have. I, I don't mind AngelSoft. Charmin's okay. But... My girlfriend, Desi, only likes Quilted Northern. It's the only thing she'll use. And it's fine. Like, I have no problems with it. But I can't buy anything else. That's all she wants. That's all she wants. I've I've had uh, finger slippage problems with uh, both Quilted Northern and and Charmin before. Yeah. Yeah. Angel Soft's just a good, like, tough, durable toilet paper. And I have a hairy ass. So, (laughs) it's like, you know... You gotta have like some rough texture to face that rough texture. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> it's gotta have enough grip. It needs to be soft. I don't want like a fucking chafed ass from right. whopping. But like, it's gotta have enough grip to to get it clean and strong enough that you know your fingers not gonna go through. And then also soft enough that you know you don't have duty. Uh, you know you don't have a chafed ass. Yeah. You know what I mean, it is what it is. But I don't want duty finger. I know. Right. I'll, I'll tell you another thing. Disclosing too much information <laughs> right here. I am a lift the balls and through the legs whopper because I have a fear of getting shit up my back. (laughs) (laughs) You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. And that that actually has led to, actually this last time I threw my back out was the worst time I've ever threw my back out. But the second to worst time I've ever pulled a QL was whopping my ass. Mm -hmm. I think I remember Because if you're between the legs whopper and you got the balls lifted, you do kind of have to like... Come up. And you got to have a little bit of lean. Yeah. yeah. And that fucks my back up <laughs> one time. So, I mean, I have a fear of getting. Listen, somebody's, if you got shit up your back, somebody's going to see it. <laughs> you got shit on your tank. I mean, you're probably going to be a little bit aware of it and clean that shit up before you get up. Right. You know, there's, there's some... I just feel like up the back could be disastrous. I've always had a, a monstrous fear of having shit up my back. <laughs> I feel me. like you're probably from not going to be a behind whopper. <laughs> but I feel like you're not going to run that far up your back. You right? never know, though. I mean, I mean, it could just I mean, be if, a slip up. If you if you got some like diarrhea, like it's real, like <sighs> maybe I could see it. You no, know, all if ten of our listeners have tuned out. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did have a plan how to start this episode <laughs> with you know apologizing for being out for two weeks. And now they're just like, we're out for three weeks. <laughs> we'll, I mean, we'll we can, we can cut it out week. if you need to. Do we no, need to, do we need no. to restart with Alabama wet wop joke? No, 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 no. no. We'll just put a disclaimer to fast forward at approximately four minutes before, <laughs> uh, before starting the episode. Uh, Alabama wet wop. Alabama wet wop. Well, welcome to the podcast, guys. Yeah. I'm uh, Nathan. This is Zach. 
I'm at Nathan Skettios on Instagram. I'm at uh, ZG Summer Shredding Journey, something like that. I don't remember. I think it's Summer Shred, Shred Journey. Journey. My bad. Yep. I think that's what it is. Uh, liable to change. I had to drop out. Yeah. Got a baby due, you know, totally. a week before I comp- oh, a week after I compete. So more than likely, it's either going to be early or, or or late one, right? Like it never comes on the due date. So, uh, yeah. So I'm probably postponing it. Um, Honestly, if the weight loss happens for me, maybe I don't do it. I don't know. I mean, right. if it does it, you know, if I get it done. I am uh, on a medically uh, recommended diet now, so some weight loss is going to happen whether I want it to or not. Right. So it is what it is. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, if you didn't tune out or just completely unfollow us from the Alabama wet wipe, Give us five stars on Spotify. Yeah, please give us five. Don't stars. give us one star because don't it's a joke. Five star. We, we're sorry. It was just a joke. Calm down. I think we've said more offensive things on the podcast. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And maybe people maybe like more stuff. into the meat of the podcast. Yeah. Not, not quite. <laughs> not just, quite at the beginning. <laughs> the very beginning. Like, y'all ever heard about this thing called? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what, what. Oh, It man. is what it is. We'll talk about an Alaskan pipeline on a later episode. <laughs> <laughs> or we could not. <laughs> <laughs> we could not. We, we, that's definitely going to have to have to happen in the meat of an episode. A lot of people are going to tune out for that one. So uh, everybody's going to Google an Alaskan pipeline now. <laughs> oh yeah, drinks. Uh, we uh, we attempted to make Manhattans and they kind of suck. Honestly, um, mine is okay, but the first first run I did not like. I'm not gonna lie to you. I really do feel like this is this is something. If y'all didn't know, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a snot for just a second. You're supposed enough. to have. Specific, especially with whiskey drinks, I feel like it's really important. You're supposed to have specific glassware depending on the drink because the aromatics makes a difference in the way something tastes and the way mm. you experience something. So Manhattan is normally served one of the few whiskey drinks that served in a, uh, in a martini glass. Um, we didn't have martini glasses. We did it in you know a regular bourbon glass. I don't know if that made all the difference. I feel like we're back to that. Honestly, with, with the one I made first, I think we're back to that chocolate whiskey just sucking. Yeah. Is what I'm tasting. Because yours is a lot better. Yeah, I feel like it has a better <clears throat> flavor to it, at least. Yeah. And look at the cloudiness. Like, yeah, you got a good clear drink, and mine looks like shit water. <laughs> it kind of does. Um, it kind of tastes It just is what it is. But a lot of the times we're winging these things. But uh, a Manhattan's a good drink. So if you want one, uh, two ounces of your favorite bourbon or whiskey uh half ounce of sweet vermouth um and a cherry that's it we did use two different types of whiskey because uh we did kind of want to go for a chocolate cherry manhattan Uh, and you're supposed to use bitters too we used chocolate bitters because i wanted a chocolate cherry Mm -hmm. manhattan but um i don't know that i achieved that but yeah that's pretty easy drink to make yep good three or four ingredient drink most of the time they taste better than this I fucked up. That's what it is. <laughs> ah. We just didn't. We didn't have a lot of the right stuff to do it anyway. So yeah, I'm telling you, I think the glass makes a lot of difference, and I, yeah. I really do think I fucked up by using the the chocolate whiskey that both of, both of us agree yeah. is fucking gross. So also, you know, we had some we had some pretty big hits in our random stuff. So having one bomb kind of yeah, it's not really yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Um, I also have a cheap can of uh, canned Bahama Mama in the refrigerator that I'm probably going to oh, like, indulge after this. Yeah. I mean, so it's really not that bad, though. I tasted a little bit of it. No, it wasn't that bad. It's not like you made it yourself. But, no, but, but it's, it's, it's fine. It is. It's okay. Yeah, that's it on the drinks, though. Um, 
Gym stuff? Yeah, gym stuff. It's been stuff. a little while. Yeah, so... We've been on vacation? Been on vacation. Grandma died? Grandma. <laughs> it's, been, it's been an eventful... May she rest in peace. <laughs> it was my grandmother, so it's okay if I laugh. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I, I kind of feel bad for laughing, but when you laugh, I just like... <laughs> I mean, listen, I'll tell you, like, I'll tell them, like, like I told you, she had a really good attitude about it. It's hard to be sad for her. Mm. She was a fucking champion, dude. That's a strong-ass woman, and she wasn't sad, so I found it hard to be sad. Yeah. Um, dealt with some other family drama that made the week suck, but uh, in terms of her attitude about it, she was ready to go. Um, she was the same person she always is. Wasn't scared. Uh, just a badass woman in general. Um, she getting on to me about my language, but mm. uh, yeah, just just an absolute hard ass. Just <laughs> no fear. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's something that uh, a switch that flips when you get that old or not. She was 91. Mm. Going to be 92 next week. Um, I don't know if there's a, uh, a switch that flips or what, but she was just had no fear of dying whatsoever. Yeah. So, like I said, kind of badass. It's hard to be sad for. Her, yeah, so. I guess ninety two. That's a pretty full life. Like that's a pretty fucking full life. I mean, they were married for seventy plus years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, pretty fucking solid. Yeah, to be honest. So, pretty. I'm proud of her. Uh, definitely a long, long way to go. And uh, like I said, I just find it hard to be sad when somebody is. Uh, just no ready. fear of it's it. Like, it wasn't a tragedy, you know. What I mean, nothing like yeah. that. I mean, it's you know, kind of honestly a pretty positive thing. So. Yeah, and that's always good. I, I guess I've just never had a good like. Most people don't. Yeah, this is probably the first positive experience I've had with death. Yeah, I mean, because most of the time it's just like something horrible happens or it's tragic. You know, yeah. I guess the closest thing was when my granddad died on my dad's side, and he was just kind of like he was he was. He was living off of oxygen, basically. Yeah. If they take the oxygen off, he's just going to fade yeah. out. And he, he got to a point where it was just like he was ready to go. He talked with my dad. Both of them agreed. It was just, you know, it was time to go. And, you know, we we were there when he faded out. And it was it was sad, but it wasn't as, like, devastating as something traumatic would be. Yeah, you know? sure. I mean, absolutely. She didn't have a – for the past three or four years, she didn't have a super high quality of life anyway. Yeah. So – uh, it, it was, it was humane yeah. <laughs> to, be, to be honest. I mean, that's, that's the only way to put it. So, yeah. I mean, it is what it is, but yeah, that was my week. Um, we're both starting new shit in the gym this week. Uh, yep. not really to, a lot to talk about this past week cause well, you deloaded. And I, I deloaded. Yeah. The only cool thing I did was uh 355 for eight bench press, which is already on my Instagram, which is a PR. And then my deload was kind of a kind of a deload where yeah. I, I did a 385 press at an RP like six, and I pulled a 635 at an RP like maybe seven. It's a, yeah six or a seven I would say. Yeah. So that, those good. were it. It was cool to kind of like just do it just to be like oh shit this can move really well and it's like my openers of my last meet. And it feels more like a warm up than an opener. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. That's a good thing. Yeah. So uh, I am, uh, despite being a personal trainer, I mean, I've used the shit out of some AI. Um, yeah. I feel like I learned a lot on Juggernaut AI personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a lot about what not to do from Juggernaut AI. I have pretty strong do. opinions about some things they get very right and some things I feel like they got very wrong. Yeah. I mean, the barbell volume was ridiculous. The lack of accessory work in another sense was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, the volume's a little fucky to me. Yeah. On, I on feel like their run. peak protocol was was really good. Like when I used it, I feel like the peak was set up really well, but some of the other stuff was really 
I feel like their approach is almost too uh, across the board. It's almost too basic, even when it's individualized. Yeah, by, uh, that really makes do. sense. It's, it's almost it almost feels like you're a powerlifter. You're just going to squat bench and deadlift, and that's yeah. it. Right. And yeah. I just don't think that's modern powerlifting, to be honest with you. It's, I don't uh, believe it is either. But uh, but I am starting. Uh, I'm in the beta test for uh, the new RP hypertrophy app, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure is quite AI. I don't know what they're necessarily calling it, but um, I don't think they've I ever st- referred to it as AI. So. I started tomorrow, and it looks very much like an RP template that I've used, mm-hmm. you know, significantly um, during off seasons and stuff. So uh, I am excited about that, and I'm doing something I thought I'd never go back to, but. Got some bad medical news. Not necessarily that I'm dying. Uh, basically, just I'm fucking fat and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> um, so uh, cheers. I got some bad blood work, um, and uh, one of the things I need to do is uh, improve my cardiovascular health. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to do hit training on my own. Yeah. And that's what I need right now to increase my work capacity and also mm-hmm. to get healthy again. I will do lists on my own. Like I can do 30 or 45 minutes on the treadmill, but I'm not going to do hit training. So I signed back up for CrossFit. Yep. And I'm starting probably two or three days a week mm-hmm. uh, at the 5 a.m. class at Four Arrows. So shout out to Four Arrows. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to be dumb. I'm not going to do any dick measuring in there. Uh, I'm going to scale everything appropriately, and I'm just not going to get in a hurry. Yeah. So that, supposedly that's how you get good at CrossFit, right? Yeah, low heart, keeping your heart rate relatively yeah. low compared to the rest of the class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to go in there and try to bust out PRs on every benchmark they do or right or anything like that. I am going to be stronger than everybody there just to fucking flex on them. Right. But uh, <laughs> but uh, other than that, like so this week in the gym, I found a CrossFit total just for the fuck of it, and then I wrapped up uh, Strongest Five by Five, which kind of got me back on. Not back where I where I was, but it definitely got me back on track with uh, my squat, bench, and deadlift. So, mm-hmm. and my overhead press too. So, right. uh, feel pretty good in general. Um, right now, knock on wood, injury free. Hopefully, CrossFit doesn't allow me to find <laughs> some new ones. Yeah. <clears throat> so, an interesting week, and then you you have really really big news about your programming. Yeah. Well, I mean, sort of. So, I mean, I've been doing my own programming for since you left me. For Other a long time, yeah. yeah I, I did Juggernaut for my past meet, so this is the first time in a while that I'm not touching my programming at all, and Joe Sullivan's doing my programming. He, uh, which I start with him on Tuesday technically, but today was kind of like my first day because I was addressing some squat issues with him, um, which was really positive, uh, a lot of good back and forth. I thought I was getting on his nerves, to be honest with you, because I was blowing him up. And I was like, what do you want? This, 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 or this? And then he'd be like, this one. And I'd be like, okay. And I'd do it again. And I'd be like, well, what about this? This, And I was just like, I felt bad because I'm like, he's going to like refund me my money and say, get the fuck out of here. You're annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, it's pretty exciting. I'll, I'll see what he has me starting on Tuesday. I'm imagining um, it's going to be a four-day work week most of the time. Uh, and then probably a lot of squatting and a lot of accessory. I feel like he's going to uh, hit my glutes really hard in accessory work. I can imagine so. We, we, you know, you talked to him about it today, mm-hmm. and then me just being able to be there to witness and what the conversations we've had before. I feel like toward the end of our conversations about the issues with your squat, we were leaning more toward glute issues than, mm-hmm. than most things. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. I mean, yeah. it's, it makes sense. Um, and I'll honestly, just to say about blowing him up, I would rather have somebody, I'd rather have the client that blows me up about stuff uh, than the one that 
Doesn't listen. Never checks in. Doesn't listen. Doesn't keep me up to speed on things. Skips things. Yeah. Like, I would much rather have the person that blows me up. Because you're going to care enough to not blame everything on me. Right. That person that doesn't care to talk to me or fill me in is going to be the same person that's, like, pissed off at the end of a block because they didn't get stronger. Yeah. It was like, well, you didn't get stronger because you didn't do 75% of the work I put on the fucking paper, bud. <laughs> like, so I doubt very seriously um, and, Joe would be annoyed with that. And I have, he probably experiences the same thing. Yeah, I have seen uh, some of his posts. Uh, sometimes he gets Q&As and stuff on, on Instagram stuff. And he was like, his favorite clients are the ones that engage in conversation with him. So I'm hoping that I'm more leaning towards that and not just annoying him all the time. But, you know. I'm going to try and have, try and find some sort of healthy balance there because I think I'm, all of us, co- coach wise, all of us want to be treated like a fucking human. We don't yeah. want to be treated like a robot, right? I mean, I try to be that way with Ron. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Ask him how he's doing. You know everything. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't. It, I mean, it may be dumb small talk to most people, but like honestly, for a coach, when you're paid to do a service, like. A lot of times what we're missing is some real like human connection. And, right. and a lot of people do treat us like we're robots and don't mm. ask us how we're doing or yeah. check in on us and that kind of stuff. So I think some of the small talk stuff's kind of nice, to be yeah. honest. That's so, cool. Yeah. And I, I think that he, he obviously, you know, like you said, he's added certain Q&A. He obviously feels the same. Yeah. So, um, oops. Oh, shit. No, it's okay. It is what it is. <laughs> so, uh, PR songs. <laughs> yeah, I actually got fucking new shit today. Oh, man. Um, I will say I'm still spending... Uh, the shit out of the new Acacia strain, but that's not what we're going to go with. <laughs> it's uh, you want to take turns on this one? Sure. Yeah, you can start. Um, first of all, I got to plug this guy. We need to, we need to, because uh, he's keeping me in on new music all the time. Uh, Clay Byram used to keep me in on new music. I haven't talked to Clay in a while, mm. but there's an account I follow called Brandon Breakdown. Yeah. On, uh, he's on our the Sip and Rip It page. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well. Um, but I follow him on my personal too, and he posts new metal and hardcore all the time and like he gives you like the top three songs of the week so mm-hmm. this is one of those songs and it's uh the name of the song is hall of sin by a band called in gloom and it fucking rips i'll have to check it out yeah that's a good place to find new music especially if you're old ass millennial like me and <laughs> don't stay plugged into the music scene yeah. or anything like that anymore so brandon breakdown go go follow that guy um i guess i will go with a band that i've put on probably a few times in the past few episodes actually but uh annihilation phenomena by the last 10 seconds of life it's, it's it is, that's good. becoming your acacia strain <laughs> i mean i just keep like finding song like i have that whole it's the same album and I, I have that whole album on my playlist and i always just hit shuffle on my playlist and whatever pops up is usually what i listen to or i'll skip around until i find something and that one just popped up and i was just like god and I immediately just pulled out my phone. I was like, I'm writing this one down. This needs to go on the list. So, uh, Annihilation Phenomena by The Last 10 Seconds of Life. Hell yeah. Um, another new one for me um, is a band called Throne. Like T-H-R-O-W-N, like you're being, being thrown. thrown. Yeah. Um, and the name of the song is Guilt. Uh, that's another Brandon Breakdown suggestion, mm-hmm. and that's also fucking rips so this is all brand new to me so i i, I normally would elaborate but right most of these i've listened to just once or twice but it's but really it's just fucking like, yeah. good yeah that's it's, most it's of the really time with mine um <clears throat> i'll put on this is a kind of older song um it's silenced by dath i don't know if you know dath d-a-a-t-h i think like i a, have heard like a deathcore them, band yeah. I, I think i've had them on a couple times but um yeah this song's this song's pretty fast pretty heavy it's uh, 
a lot of their, a lot of their stuff is kind of like it, it's just that deathcore. It's it's kind of and I hate calling it generic, but it's kind of that generic deathcore sound. But like I don't know, I just like the way they sound. I hear you. Uh, my third one, uh, pour one out for my grandmother. I'm gonna put this one on here for her. Um, she would not have liked this song, but I, I kind of don't give a fuck. Um, is a band called Issues, which I've put the song or two by them on here before, and the name of the song is Remember When. So. Uh, Shout out to Grandma. I'm also going to drink some whiskey you would not have a bring up. <laughs> She's not an alcohol drinker? or No, very, very religious woman. Aye, uh, yeah. So. Only only wine? Never. No, she's not Church of God. Wine? So oh, okay. Alcohol forbidden, but Gotcha, like, gotcha. She's only like one generation removed from, you know, snake handling and wearing skirts and no makeup all the time. So. Gotcha. Very, very... Uh, Honestly, if she would have had her uh, preference, she probably would have been in one of those churches. So, uh, <laughs> like, real uh, Southern Pentecostal woman for sure. So, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, for my last one, I will go with "I Killed a Man" by Slaughter to Prevail. There you it's, go. Uh, it's <laughs> very, very straight and to the point song. Yeah, you gotta much. love that about some metal sometimes. <laughs> Slaughter to Prevail. You know, they're they're a Russian band, so yeah. they. I think sometimes translation gets a little weird, <laughs> and I think yeah. that may have been one of those it. times where like, ah, well. it's just like, <laughs> fuck it, I killed a man. Like, <laughs> Easy peasy. It probably, it probably sounds a lot different in Russian to say that phrase than it does in. I can imagine it probably does. But, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good song though, especially like they, it, the the breakdown starts. And he just says, I killed a man. And then the breakdown starts. It's like, it's, it's pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, it might be getting lost in translation to some extent. Um, good thing we have good American death metal like uh, like Campbell Course, where they're just like, I come blood. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> or um, well, some of their, one of their newer. Fucked with a knife. Uh, red, uh, red before black's really not that obvious. But, no. uh, I mean,. I'm trying to think There's about There's some 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 of their uh, corpse grinder stuff is kind of like that though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, um there's a bunch of stuff I feel like on some new shit, and I feel like we got to listen. We're gonna have a, we always go up on tangents about Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> Cannibal Corpse and Metallica get talked about way too goddamn much on this show. They're kind of like the goats, though, right? I mean, they they when really it, are. It it's like the goat of thrash and the goat of death metal. Death metal. I mean. Okay, so my favorite record probably is the, new, the one of the newest ones, "The Violence Unimagined." Yeah, that's not that, um, "Murderous really Rampage." One of the yeah. first fucking, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just, very straight into the. They have another one on that record, "Surround Kill, Kill and Devour." Yep. Very, very, just like, yeah, we're going to talk about killing you, and that's that, that's actually on a shirt. It. They have a shirt that just says "Surround Kill Devour." I need that fucking shirt. <laughs> uh, Skeletal Domain is another one of my favorite records, and. Mm. Um, I laugh every time I listen to this song, but have you ever listened to High Velocity Impact Spatter? No. Dude, that song is so goddamn funny to me. <laughs> I mean, it rips, but it is so, like, the lyrics are funny yeah. to me. But, uh, well, you know, Killer Become, I mean, like, I mean, it's pretty ice pick lobotomy. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, we're just going to say what we mean. <laughs> <laughs> There's no hidden messages here. There is no, here. no simile, no metaphor. We're just, you, don't, <laughs> you don't have to play the record backwards to hear the devil. You no, just we're play just, it regularly. And the devil's all over it. And that's, <laughs> that's the way I prefer my Satan. <laughs> it's like, let's just, just be blatant Right there and up front, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I guess we'll just get into the meat and potatoes. Yeah, meat and potatoes, um, which is kind of a pretty good segue. Yeah. Uh, so we we were talking a little bit beforehand, but I had this thought that a lot of people don't know 
the pros and cons of like getting bigger. I mean, a lot of people know the pros of getting bigger, but yeah. a lot of people don't know the cons of getting bigger. So I, I had this thought of is bigger better. And that was kind of the idea of the topic today. My personal experience, and I'm living through it now because I'm trying to undo the things I've done by having a bigger is better mindset is no. Um, you want high blood pressure and fucked up blood work and a specialized diet and had to kick a drinking habit, like stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, then the answer is no. Um, bigger is not necessarily be- better. And I'll, I'll reference Louis Simmons, and you know I don't necessarily agree with conjugate programming all the time. I think this has, has its benefits. But uh, Louis says, big isn't strong, strong is strong. That's true. That's a Louis Simmons quote. Yeah. Like, some of the strongest people I know are relatively tiny people. Yeah. Think about here in the state of Alabama, like, uh, I know he's moved up a couple weight classes, but Ron's not a very big man. No, he's a... Juwan's not a very big man. Uh, Justin, who's my best friend and one of the strongest people I've ever met before in my life, not a big man. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I can I can name several examples of big men that are really fucking good, mm-hmm. um, but big isn't necessarily better. Right. So... This has a very, the correct response is very, very nuanced, and that's what we're about to get in on. Mm. But what is your initial opinion on it? So, and this, and it's probably just opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Because, well, I mean, you you were actually really thin too before you started lifting. Yeah, absolutely. I was super thin, but I I guess I haven't gotten to the the heaviest I've gotten is now is 250. And to an extent, I would say, yes, bigger is better, but only. In specific context. Yes. So, like, you go, me, with my frame, being 180, I was very thin. I was very lanky. I wasn't strong at all. Well, I mean, I say I wasn't strong. You were probably strong for a 180-pound man. I had a good bench press for 180 pounds, uh, which was 295. Now, my squat and my deadlift, eh, not so good. But, um, But I was a good bench presser for my size. Now, as I've gotten bigger... And stronger, I do. I do realize that there is a correlation between the two because more muscle fibers recruit more strength. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there is some amount of there's some amount of give and take when it comes to getting bigger, because even though you have more muscle fibers, there are like like you said, high blood pressure. People don't think about this often. The price of food, man. Like you got to yeah, eat so much fun. goddamn food. Yeah. To stay, like especially when you're like me and you have a high metabolism. You, you it, walk what twenty thousand steps a day at work? Or I one used time you to. Did. I used to walk tons, at least twenty thousand a day. So for me to retain weight, I had to eat so much food. It made me sick to my stomach sometimes. Especially when I first started. I remember. Very specifically, I would eat a huge breakfast. It'd be like four eggs, two pieces of toast, um, cheese, and uh, I think I did ham at the time. I was mixing ham in with my scrambled eggs. An hour later, maybe not even an hour later, I'd have a scoop of mass gainer, some milk mixed in with my coffee. I would be wanting to throw up by the time I got to work. Yeah. Couple hours later, like three or four hours later, I'd I'd eat a whole Jimmy John sandwich, like a whole yeah, twelve eight, inch full. Like, I think I think they were eight inches, but I like piled them up. With, yeah, like, that's a big fucking sandwich, yeah. one way or the other. Um, usually like eight hundred calories at least. And then after work, I'd go home, I'd eat again, 
I'd eat, I don't remember. It'd either be chicken and rice or steak and potatoes and broccoli. And then I'd go to the gym. I'd come home. I'd eat again, which would be one of the, one or the other. And then uh, before bed, I'd eat again. Yeah. And it just it took me so long to not feel like I was going to throw up every single day. Yeah. So there there is and and the price of food, like tr- the eating all that food. Like if you want to eat good clean food, it's it's it can get expensive if you're not careful. Sure. Yeah. Um, Obviously, planning ahead, doing your macros, meal planning, that helps a lot, and it keeps you from spending a whole bunch of money. And at the time, I was really broke, so I had to budget really hard. I was eating a ton of chicken. Yeah. You know, the steak wasn't as expensive as it was now. You know, it's probably half the price. Yeah. Um, so it was a little more attainable. But, man, the price of food, like how much you have to eat, the feeling of being bloated all the time, it's it's hard. Yeah, just a few, like off the, off the top of my head, negatives about being bigger um, that aren't health-related are leverages change. Yeah. Uh, now, I will say anytime I have been a heavier body weight, my bench press has gone up. Yeah. Um, anytime I've been in a heavier body weight, my squat has gone up. That being said, deadlifts, there's definitely a point, especially if you're a conventional puller, there's a point of diminishing returns. Yeah, because you like, so if you've much ever been so, so fat and so, got so much weight out in front of you that your belt doesn't fit right, never feels good, man, it is hard to get in a good, a good posture, a good, a good conventional deadlift position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do believe, I mean, I just did it. I mean, I'm 30 pounds lighter than I was on meat day and pulled what probably would have been my second second heaviest deadlift of prep that I've been prepping yeah. in. And I did it really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm much, much lighter than I was. Right. Um, I think that, you know, immediately I think of my, my deadlift leverage has changed dramatically when I get heavier. Yeah. And uh, me being a deadlift dominant athlete, it's not good right. if my deadlift takes a hit. Right. Yeah. Uh, even if the other two go up, because, you know, you're talking about something I do. I can pull 150 more pounds than I can squat. Right. So, um, it's definitely a point of, there's definitely a point of diminishing mm-hmm. returns with it. Um, one of the other things I think about, and it's something we both suffer from, is sleep apnea. Yeah, so absolutely. The, the bigger you get, the more size in your neck, the more it closes, um, I guess, your esophagus. Yeah. So, it's just harder to breathe. I've noticed being lighter. Because when I cut down to, I eventually hit you know, 199, but but in, just in the process of getting lighter than 230, I stopped snoring. And the only reason I know that is because my girlfriend told me, hey, you know, you're not snoring anymore. And I was yeah. like, what? I've snored forever like yeah. because I was always, well, obviously not forever, but when yeah. I got heavier. And so it was kind of like a thing, you know, and, and I have a CPAP and I should wear it. I just can't fall asleep with it on. Um, so I'm doing a couple things to try and remedy that, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't have to remedy it if I was lighter. Yeah, being heavier did cost me. That. <clears throat> Absolutely. So you know, sleep quality is lower. That's a mm-hmm. good point. Um, obviously, we've already talked about the health aspects. I mean, bad blood pressure, shit like that. Um, leverages. That's all super, super true. Um, you look like shit, so it tends to make you feel like shit. You know, yeah. you look a little worse, and you feel less good about yourself. Yeah. It just is what it is. Um, to a point, I do feel more confident heavier. Right. Not when I'm close to 300 pounds like I was prepping for this meet. Yeah. Don't really necessarily want to be that big. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel good when I'm 250, 260, 270. I don't feel good at 300 pounds. Yeah. Um, I don't feel confident at 300 pounds. It makes me feel like a fat fuck when I'm a fat kid on the playground all over again. You know? Right. 
Um, so you know, there's a mental health aspect to it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the biggest things that we haven't talked about yet is work capacity suffers. Yeah. Um, I can handle less volume, and I've. If you're a novice or inter- Nathan's beyond intermediate now, but if you're a novice or intermediate powerlifter, I'm an intermediate, probably an upper level intermediate, but I'm still an intermediate. Um, one of the best things to get you better is just training volume, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily that it has to be just super fucking heavy. It can be an empty barbell. But I've talked about it before. It's practice. Mm-hmm. It's practicing your craft. If your work capacity sucks, you're going to miss out on practice yep. and fine tuning your craft. Um, or, or you know, you have to adjust the weight to where you don't get as much benefit out of it. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you don't, you you don't be, get as much hypertrophic or CNS uh, fatigue. Yeah. You, know you could mean? be like, well, normally I hit 300 pounds for 10 reps, but now. You know, I can't hit that for 10 reps. I, I feel strong, but I can't hit it consistently for 10 reps. Because so I can't breathe through 10 reps. So I'm doing 225 for 10 because it's lighter and it doesn't yeah, feel well, as bad. Yeah, that's probably a 75 pound hit's probably a little extreme. Well, yeah, you, you know, know, just, yeah, I know, yeah, I know what you're saying though. Um, but yeah, work capacity is a huge thing. And if you don't think it makes you better, I mean, I mean, I've already talked about Louis Simmons. I'm not, not a real big conjugate fan. Um, I do believe some of it works. But, you know, a principle that seems to be making a, um, resurgence in powerlifting is the idea of GPP. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why Louie had people practice things that were high intensity and hard on their breathing and stuff like that because he knew it increased their work capacity mm-hmm. and would make them a better powerlifter. Right. Um, increased work capacity is an incredibly important thing for the sport. Even though we're in a one rep max, one rep max sport, you're going to have to have sets of ten to fifteen reps to get better at your one rep max. Yeah. That just is what it is. Uh, now, typically, we're not going to see that on squat or deadlift, but like, it's not uncommon for me to program twelve to fifteen reps on a bench press. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Uh, depending on the coach, help me. I've had people give me coaches give me twelve to fifteen reps on squat or squat or deadlift. Um, Ron didn't do that on deadlift. Um, Brandon did. Mm-hmm. Brandon was like, hey, you got 365 today. I want you to hit it for as many reps as you can. And if you give me any less than 10, find a new coach. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he was going to you know, fire was you. Like, you know, it was, it, was, it, was just like, it was just that. And you know what? I got, a, I got my first big deadlift with Brandon because he just didn't give me the fucking option. You yeah. know? So, I mean, that work capacity is an incredibly valuable fucking thing. Yep. Um, I'd be willing to bet, uh, even though I've added a couple hundred pounds to my total, I'd be willing to bet my dots was probably better when I was 250 working with Brandon than I was 300 working with Ron. Yeah. So it just is what it is. That's not Ron's fault. Right. <clears throat> That's me for being a fat fuck's fault. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? But it just, it just kind of is what it is. But that's all my complaints about being heavy. I do have one more complaint about being heavy. And it kind of ties into the food. You shit so much. You do. God damn, dude. <laughs> like, it, it, when I was cutting, I got to a point where my girlfriend was concerned because I was pooping once a day. That's like normal. Yeah, it's I, like a, <laughs> that's, that's a normal person. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm not, like consistently five or six times a day. I at, le- at least three times a day. Yeah. Like, that, that is the minimum for me is like three times a day. It's always when I wake up. And sometime after that and sometime before bed, like always, sometimes more depending on what I eat or if I eat more than normal, which is rare because I currently I really hate eating a ton, but I'm doing it to stay in the 250 ish area. So I don't have to cut majorly. Um, Sure. I don't want to go over, but I also don't want to I don't want to lose out on 
anything that I can have retain currently going into October. But uh, so being heavy in the correct way to do it and the benefits of it. Obviously, the direct benefit of it, the obviously benefit of it is mass moves mass. The bigger mm-hmm. you are, theoretically. Um, or stronger you should be. Mm-hmm. Um, that particularly, though, should pertain to muscle mass, though. Yeah. And um, we're going to get into the reason why my preference is to be big, but why there's caveats to that. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing is your weight class. Um, and this is, should be judged based off your height. Me and Nathan had a conversation about this today. Me being six foot one, six foot two, him being probably six, five, eleven, six foot. Yeah, something. Um, we're bigger dudes. Naturally, we're pretty broad-shouldered. Even when he was thinner, he was pretty wide. Um, we're, we're we're big dudes. We're tall. We're you know not super tall, but we are tall tall men. Um, we should probably be in the heavier weight class. We were talking about and Nathan. If he was a professional, probably should be in a two seventy five. And me being a little taller, I should probably be a super heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Um, you should probably judge your weight class based on your height. To be honest with you, I mean, I, I believe that. I, I think, like the, you I know, think your t- overall frame yeah. should be the main thing. Height does matter. Yeah significantly but also there are some people who are really tall that do have like a thinner frame than me or you yeah Um, it should be it should be said too though whatever your um there's there's definitely a difference between how you'd be best as a professional and how you how you're going to be best health-wise yeah um, so it should be it should be known. Um, I know I had a I had a coach in Brandon Allen that told me I had the frame for three hundred eight or three hundred eight plus, which is mm-hmm. super heavyweights. I believe that. Um, that being said, I just got done being three hundred pounds. I just don't feel good. Yeah. And also because I'm realistic about my own ability to be a professional powerlifter, I am never going to go set a world record. Um, not unless it's twenty years from now and I'm a masters athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to set a world record. I'm not going to be somebody that is a household name in powerlifting. Um, so for me, there's just personally no reason for me to be 308 plus. Right. Um, that being said, what I should be doing is I would like to compete at 275. So my thoughts on this are, and you see professionals do it all the time. I feel like Joe Sullivan's a master of it. Mm-hmm. Um John Hack is obviously a master of it because he's done it in three lightweight weight classes at 198, uh, 181, 198, and 220, right? Mm-hmm. So he's done it, and he's done it very, very well. Um, you should put – you should be as healthy and as low body fat as you can and simultaneously as heavy as you can be inside your weight class. Yeah. That's my feelings on it now. So for me, if I want to be a successful 275-pound powerlifter, um, I should be as low a body fat percentage as I can and as close to that 275 mark mm-hmm. as I can be without going over. Right. Well, technically, you could go over as long as you can cut down to a weight. You could, to but yeah, but that's, you know, but, we're talking about meat day weight, you yeah. know. Um, I should be as... as as muscular and as le- less fat as I can mm-hmm. and as heavy as I can yeah. inside of my weight class. Right. And, and I think that that is really the idea. And I have another theory, and I, I, I don't know, you might, maybe Dr. Lane's talked about this. I think that your muscle mass, for you to, relate, to, to achieve an elite level of strength, your muscle mass should, uh, to, should measure about half or more of your total body weight. Yeah. 
So for me right now, I did have a spell where I took a bunch of muscle relaxers uh, and it got my muscle mass down to about 110. Mm -hmm. Normally I set at about 120 or 125 pounds of muscle mass. Me being a 300 pound athlete, that means I'm 25 pounds, in my opinion, it means I'm 25 pounds of muscle behind. Right. Uh, you're probably a little closer. I think we've talked about your scan before. You measure between what, like 115 and 120 and you're a 242. So. so you're a little bit closer to being correct for right. elite level of strength. Yeah. Um, look at somebody like John Hack, though. That guy's got big fucking... He's pretty fucking yoked to be yeah. as lightweight as he is. He's, he's um, extremely, like... I would say lean. that more than 50% of his body weight is muscle. Yeah, probably. I, I'd be curious to look at his one of his body scans. I actually... I know Joe Sullivan posted one on his page because he likes to post his blood work and his body scans and stuff. So I wonder. If, I wonder about his. I'm very I, have, I do have a, th a theory, and it is. It's really more than a. It's really a little bit more than a theory. It's a hunch, but um, I do have it just from the athletes I've trained. Good versus the bad, and uh, just what I see from professional powerlifters, I really do think that your muscle mass should be at half or a little bit more than your total body weight. Yeah. So I think when you've achieved that, and of course, muscle mass doesn't necessarily translate to, to, strength. to strength, but it does, um, a bigger muscle does have a higher ceiling for strength. Right. So if you have a higher capacity for strength, you can absolutely train it to be stronger. Mm -hmm. But there's a reason also why, why 198-pound John Hack is stronger than 300-pound bodybuilders. Right. Yeah, they have a lot more muscle, but... Their strength capacity could be higher than his, mm -hmm. but they're not currently stronger because they don't go undergo the same CNS fatigue and mm -hmm. CNS changes that he does. So there's a, there's other caveats to that, but I do think you should be as muscular as you possibly can be within your weight class, and I think to achieve that you need a muscle a skeletal muscle mass of fifty percent or higher of your total body weight. Yeah, I don't I don't think I can really add anything to that because that's basically what I, I, I would I would agree with everything that you said. So. I would I would be interested to see what somebody like Joe Joe's extremely muscular. Mm -hmm. I feel like Joe's probably six weeks out from stepping on his first body building stage right. if he wanted to. Like you know if he wanted to really get into condition. Or he something. does always stay super lean for his size, and I feel like that's what has kept him going. He's, he's maximized his frame to the mm -hmm. to a pretty good degree. He generally competes at either two twenty or two forty two. Right? So I think he's I think he always competes at two twenty. I don't know that he's competed at two twenty two, so, but still though he's you know. Obviously, got a lot of muscle on yeah. him for two two hundred and twenty pounds. No, he's he's built like a freaking tank. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I really do think to reach that elite level of strength, I think that that's. I would love to hear a professional chime in on it. Chime in and tell me I'm wrong or tell me I'm right. Tell me maybe nobody's ever studied this before. I don't know, but I do feel was, I've been around a lot of body scans, and I feel like the strongest athletes I've seen are. You know, locally is obviously not going to be fifty percent right. total muscle, muscle mass, but like forty five or higher. So I have a theory that an elite muscle is fifty percent or higher of your total body weight, and I think that's what it takes to have elite strength. And I think the only way to do that is to maximize your weight class, basically being as lean as you can be and as heavy as you can be right. in, a, in an existing weight class. I, I would be curious to hear the thoughts of someone like Dan Bell or Brandon Allen about that because they, they never really stayed super lean, but they were all very strong. They were very, very strong. I would be willing to say that they're probably pretty close to that, though. Right. I mean, there's... I mean, you can go back and look at old pic, old videos of Brandon Allen, and yeah, he had a beer belly, but like... His, a, visibly a very muscular person. Yeah. Dan no, Bell I mean, the same way. Yeah, you can tell that they're very strong looking like by looking professional at professional strongmen. Yeah. Now, I mean, of course, strongman, I've, I've talked about how annoying it is that it favors a more 
athletic body type mm-hmm. than it does a, a big man now because it's not world's most athletic man. It's world's strongest mm-hmm. man. Eat my shorts. I don't really <laughs> fucking care. You know, I feel like they should go to the strongest person, right? Not, not the fastest person with a Husafelt stone. Like you mm-hmm. know, it is what it is. But uh, I mean, look at the, even the heavyweights of, of yesteryear. The people that won it: Brian Shaw, Thor, and Eddie Hall. Mm-hmm. They're all um, very muscular. Eddie was probably a little fat because he was a little short. Yeah. Uh, there's there was times even competing in strongman that Thor had visible abs. Yeah, that is true. And he was a, a real heavyweight strong, mm-hmm. you know, a 400 plus pound strongman. Right. Not the Martin Lises or or Mitchell Hooper that you see him today. Like he was mm-hmm. a very very large person and had visible abs. Right. He's like, also I, very <clears throat> tall. He's also what six seven, six eight, six so that, nine, I think. Six yeah. nine. So that does kind of add to his. Frame. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Um, but I would, I, I would. I think I can stand by that. Honestly, I feel yeah. pretty confident in saying and saying. I'd, I'd, just, I'd just be curious to see like Dan Bell's body, like, scan. body scan and just be like, what does it actually look like? Because I mean, he is one of the greatest powerlifters of all time, and he is pretty heavy too. So if he's not at the fifty percent mark, I bet he's real. Cl- I bet he's real close to it. Yeah, you know. But I guess uh, in that instance, you know, you say you got you know three fifty. You know what's. What's what? How much muscle mass is that? It's 175 pounds of muscle mass. That's like a whole human being in just muscle mass. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so at me at one, if I'm, I bet I'm scanning a lot heavier than this because I've not been on two weeks of muscle relaxers like I was last time I scanned. Mm-hmm. But just me at 210 um, or 110 of body uh, skeletal muscle mass, that puts me at 40 percent mm-hmm. muscle. You can tell by looking at me, I'm not a super athletic person. So, I mean, I'm telling you, I think 50% is attainable yeah. by some of these, even the big guys. Yeah. So, I mean, for me to have that now, I mean, what would, uh, let's see, half of 275. I mean, I'm basically 27 and a half pounds behind in muscle mass compared to what I should be as a 275 pound powerlifter, right. in my opinion. Yeah. So I feel like there is a there is something to that number, but and there is also something to say about having a little bit of body fat too, though, right? Because well, yeah, I mean there there are benefits strength wise. Mass lose mass, right? I mean that's that's the truth. Um, I just don't necessarily. I just think that when you're looking at, I guess I guess my argument is kind of like. There's there's a somewhere line, so you don't want to be so lean that you're going to step on stage, right? Because that's too right. lean. You're not going to be able to. Well, that actually... starts uh, that starts negatively affecting work capacity. Exactly, because you do have to have fat reserves for energy. Yeah. Right? yeah. So you do want to have an amount of body fat on you for powerlifting in general. What are your What's your current weight? Uh, it's either two forty nine or two fifty. So by your last scan, I feel like you were one twenty by your last scan. Yeah. So divided by two forty nine, you're at. You you have nearly an elite total now, probably will total elite, and you're at forty eight percent body, forty eight percent muscle. Uh, so I mean, I, I just think that, I mean, just sitting here in the room talking about two very different athletes, and there's a two hundred and fifty pound difference between my total and your total. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know, just no, I mean, just looking at two people, you know, what I mean? and I'm like, not, I'm not arguing. But you know, that even still, though, like, even though you're closer to fifty percent, you're not. Ten percent body fat right now. No, you're higher I'm, than that. I'm right? probably like twenty, fifteen. Something yeah, so like I mean, you're fifteen to twenty percent body fat. So that that proves simultaneously proves your point. Like you don't necessarily right. have to be lean to achieve this right fifty percent number. Yeah, um, but you very realistically could be 
especially after you cut down to 242, you very 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 well realistically could be 50% of your total weight and muscle by the time you compete. I wish I had a place to get a scan done. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I go to QC Wellness now, and they do an in-body scan or whatever um, for us now. But I do, I really believe that there's something to that number, and it's completely speculative. But I think that there's something to that number. It could be your first trial run. It'd be me. Could be. Just go in there, get a scan. But let me tell you something. This, even if I'm, even if I'm talking my out my ass about that number, and it's not as related as I think it is, I promise you, if you gain two and a half percent muscle to get to that even fifty percent. I bet you it ain't going to be a problem for your total. No, so definitely how, but, not. So I'm just going to say, how wrong can I be? You know what I mean? Like, it how wrong can I be? impact impact anything. No, there's no way it's going to. That number being bigger is no way it's a negative impact yeah. on anything. Yeah, it's only it's only going to make your total better. And you look at somebody like John Hack probably legitimately walks around at 10 percent body fat. Yeah, he's visibly pretty fucking lean in all his videos. Mm-hmm. The real, the, there's a very real possibility he's toting around 120 pounds of muscle on a on a 200 pound frame. Yeah, and that's an incredibly large number. Yeah, that's sixty percent. Yeah. yeah. So, but you're talking about the elite of the elite. Some people call him the goat. Y'all know mm-hmm. how I feel about him. I'm not necessarily ready to call him that. <laughs> I think he by body weight he's the best in the world right mm-hmm. now. Um, but here's the person that everybody says is the greatest powerlifter all the time, and I, I feel like he's more than meeting that mark that I'm yeah. talking about. No, I mean, so, that's that's a fair argument, too. Yeah, so I'm just curious about it. I, I think it leads to a lot of different conversations. I think we should be careful about, you know, when I quit doing CrossFit, and I actually quit doing CrossFit before I quit the CrossFit gym, but my lightest body weight was at 215 in, in the CrossFit gym, which is really thin for either one of us now. Mm-hmm. But that was my lightest weight in the CrossFit gym. Um, when I decided to move over to powerlifting, I thought it was an excuse to eat everything I wanted and eat like shit. And I'd worked very, very hard to get to a healthy body weight mm-hmm. in CrossFit. I used powerlifting as an excuse to get as fat as I fucking wanted to, basically. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, that is not the path to be the best powerlifter you can be. It's yeah. fucking not. And you think about how little strength I've actually how little strength I've gained in total. Um, you can say I put 400 pounds on my total because I effectively did. But when you consider I was 215 and pulled 500 pounds, bench press 275, which is very modest, and squatted 385, and now I'm, well, I'm 275 now, but then I was 300 and only deadlifted, you know, I probably would have had a 600 plus pound deadlift, yeah. to be honest with you. But I only deadlifted, you know, 600 pounds, squatted five, and benched four. Right. That's a pretty fucking. A bit, it's a that's big a lot of that's a lot of health sacrifice for for just four hundred pounds. Yeah, I know a lot of people listening to this is going to say just four hundred, but I could have been a very very healthy and very muscular two forty two and totaled the same thing. Yeah, if I had done it correctly, right? Um, so, and then how much better would I have been if I was a healthy three hundred instead of a mm-hmm. fat three hundred? Because we've already talked about it. my frame can support a healthy three hundred. Mm-hmm. I feel like getting you know what I mean. Like, I mean it, is the hard. Part, I don't. If powerlifting cannot be an excuse to be fat. Yeah. Because then you're just not a good powerlifter. Yeah. It's gonna make you not a good powerlifter. Right. It's gonna make you forever an intermediate like me if you go into powerlifting just because you think it's eat what the you lazy want. way to work out. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's an excuse to eat what you want and lift heavy. Well, maybe to some extent, but you're not gonna be a good powerlifter right. if that's your. You know, my, if that's your whole mindset, if it's that shallow, you're not going to be good at the sport. It's that that brings me to something I was thinking about today, and something that really annoys me is the people that say that they work out so they can eat whatever they want. That annoys me so much because 
like, oh, I'm going to eat five times a day because I, I get to, I work out so I can eat five times a day. It's like, well, you're either going to be super unhealthy and you're eating like you're way overeating, way overeating, or you're not eating enough. You're eating like 300, 400 calorie meals. You're just average. And yeah, like, <laughs> that's, that's what gets me. Cause it's not an easy thing. People think it's this easy thing. I can eat whatever I want and go to the gym and work it off. But it's just, yeah. it doesn't work like that. You know, a good example of this is there was a time when I was at any time, I think I was probably high two forties. Mm-hmm. Um, I started eating, I made the decision to start eating 4,000 calories a day, mm-hmm. which was above maintenance, about 700 calories above maintenance at the time. Um, I eat 4,000 calories a day, but I made myself eat it clean and a balanced macronutrient profile. So even if the meal wasn't clean, it had to fit. means if I ate a double cheeseburger at lunch or two double cheeseburgers at lunch, means I had to have grilled chicken and salad at night, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be. It was the only time I've ever perfectly tracked macros to a T and bulked at the same time. Mm-hmm. I lost like 6% body fat and gained like 12 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, because I was eating enough protein. I was fueling my muscles appropriately. Mm-hmm. I was getting bigger, stronger, and less fat all at the same time, only because I decided for six weeks I was going to make all those things yeah. match. Just That's the only time I've been able to successfully do that. But imagine if you did that for a year. And, you know, I was eating, my, my thing was I was going to eat one bad meal a day because I had to have it to make that number of calories. Right. So I would do, most of the time it was McDonald's double cheeseburgers, a pair of those, and maybe a, a small fry. And then the rest of my meals were like chicken and rice. I remember specifically at the time I was working at Anytime Arab quite a bit, and mm-hmm. I would go to Walmart and get like a whole tray of raspberries and a couple of protein shakes. And that would be a meal. Mm-hmm. So two core powers, like 52 grams of protein, and like a tray of blueberries probably isn't 50 carbs. Right. Was a meal. When I say it was clean, I'm talking about it was... Right. Other than my one cheap meal a day to just drive my calories up, it was as clean as it could have fucking gotten. Yeah. Like, it, it was spot on. And I, I gained that much weight and, and lost body fat percentage. And I wasn't even on that much gear. Like, everybody mm-hmm. can say, well, that was the gear. Well, I was on, like, fucking 500 milligrams a week of test. Right. Like, and it's just, not like I was on a cutting compound or I was on an oral or anything mm-hmm. like that that's notorious for making you lose water weight or, or shredding up. I was just on test at the time. Right. Like, if you know anything about steroids, like, they can make you really fucking hungry to be on sometimes. Yeah. Like, I'm ravenous when I'm on a performance-enhancing dose anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I very easily could have done the same thing, dirty bulked, gained body fat percentage, and not gained near as much muscle. Yeah. Like, the food makes a fucking difference. It does. Right? It, absolutely, it absolutely does. And I just think it's sad. And I have a friend to me that's close close to me, and... He's a, he's a gay man. He's super judgmental about everything we do anyway because they're just like <laughs> super finicky about the way they look. And I, I understand that to some extent. Yeah. That's fine. But he will tell you that he thinks power, uh, powerlifting is for fat people. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how much you have a conversation with him about the demographics and powerlifting and the fact that there's there's a 132-pound male weight class. Yeah. Like It doesn't matter how many times you have that conversation with him. When he thinks powerlifter, he thinks automatically thinks Dan Bell before he does John right. Hack, you know, or Mark Bell, Bell is prime. John, I mean, Dan Bell is stronger than John Hack, but right. <laughs> but but um, best powerlifter of all time, Dan Bell. <laughs> um, Debatable, but yeah. but uh, but you know, I thought I always found, even though I'm a bigger powerlifter, I always found that to be sad because it really does the sport a disservice because like it's an incredibly fit sport. Eighty percent of it's an incredibly fit sport, mm-hmm. and the only. Other, you have ten percent of the men that are not not very fit because they're super heavyweights, mm-hmm. and ten percent of the women that are 
not very fit because they're super heavyweight. So outside of that, you're like 80% of these people are walking around in way better shape than anybody you know. Yeah, you, I think and it's, it was, And but all of a sudden, it's just deemed the fat sport. I don't know how it got to be that way. It's just because that's that's the look, right? And it's because the most popular, like you think about it, the sport of powerlifting really got most of its attention from bigger, faster, stronger, right? Yeah. So that's Mark Bell in his prime. And he was 330 pounds or whatever. Really heavy. Multiply. Like, you know, like that's that's where it got that. Um, that's where the stigma comes from. Right. That's, it, yeah. you know, because that's what's the popular thing. That's what everyone looks to when they think of powerlifting. They don't, if you're not in the sport, you don't think about the John Hacks. You don't think about... Jessica Bettner, Heather Connor, yeah. uh, Joe Sullivan. Like, you don't think about these people who are just like absolutely ripped. Dr. Lane fucking walks out of fucking life. <laughs> Dude, he is real thin. Yeah. And I realize he's not like super thin. He's got a lot of muscle on him. Yeah. But he is not a big man. No. And he fucking killed it. Yeah. 205. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. 205 was weight class, 1670 total in the master's class. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of hard. I mean, it's hard to fuck with drug free, like yep. super thin. Like that guy's incredibly fit. Mm-hmm. Nobody more disciplined about their food on the planet. I guarantee. You. Oh yeah. Um, it's not a fat sport, nope. but it, but it has that stigma and it's wild to me. And, uh, I feel bad about having it locally anyway, about having contributed to that. You know, I think, I think one thing <sighs> could change that and that's, um, get a really big powerlifting meet that ESPN is going to show. And you'll see all these different body types coming in. Yeah, I mean, look at you know they did the they did uh, Julius Max's bench press right. Right. Um, the only fit person there was Perseus. Yeah, probably they were all other side of that they're all pretty much super heavyweight mm-hmm. bench pressers. Um, Perseus is actually really heavyweight too. He just looks so good it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, he's a two seventy five and he's fucking shredded. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, even looking at that, like. Last time I saw last time I saw bench press on ESPN or something like that, it was uh, what's the Cold Strong? What's his actual name? He's a multiply guy and has like a fourteen hundred pound bench press. They were at the, it was like ESPN like three or whatever, and it was the fucking uh, multiply bench nationals. Mm. That's gonna probably give some yeah. Bad that's taste probably, that's, to you know, that's gonna leave some, that's gonna leave a bad taste in people's mouth yeah. for a lot of different reasons. Like, you know, every gym bro that don't know dick about powerlifting is going to be like, oh, well, they got that shirt that helps them? That's fucked yeah. up. And then everybody else is going to be like, that guy's fucking fat. That's yeah. cool. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Like, that guy's an incredible athlete. I'm not mm-hmm. taking anything away from him. But, like, it does seem like, and then even World's Strongest Man, even though it favors a more athletic body type right now, I think people that don't know shit about powerlifting thinks, kind of think that that's what we do. This is Yeah, very similar. They think that it's the same thing. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily do us any favors either. Yeah. But I don't know. It's uh, it, it is disappointing. But I do think you know, sum up this conversation to some extent. Bigger is better until it ain't. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. You want to be the biggest you can be, the biggest and the healthiest you can be inside your weight class. Yeah. And you big, know, big is only as good as it is healthy. If that yeah. makes sense. So like going up a weight class is fine as long as you can maintain it. As long as you don't like. Well, yes. If you're five foot seven and you're a two twenty. You probably just need to work on, you know, cutting and bulking and cutting and bulking until you're a fit 220. Yeah. You probably don't need to move up to 242. Right. You know, 
You, we talked about it, you probably have the frame for 275, but I'm betting you don't want to be a fat 275. Mm-hmm. Like, you probably want it to be a healthy. Yeah. You're a healthy 242 now. There's no reason why, if you decided to move up, it might take you years to do it, but there's mm-hmm. no reason to think that you can't be a healthy 275. I, I think at this point, just, just on a personal level, I don't think I could get to a healthy 275. It would take too many years, and I would be getting too old. I don't think my, my body could handle being a healthy 270. That's another thing, too. We're at an age where it's not necessarily – time doesn't necessarily permit for me to work on being a healthy 308. Right. Time could permit for me to be working on being a healthy 275, but, mm-hmm. like, the years it would take to become a healthy 308, the misery, the cutting, the bulking, mm-hmm. the back and forth um, – the blood work, the managing my drugs, the managing my food, the everything that goes into it. Like, I don't know that I have enough time yeah. left to do that. I mean, I think I'll, I think I'll power lift until they put me in my grave, whether I'm 40 or whether I'm 90. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but just looking at the scope of the sport and it's, you know, anywhere from a 20 to a 45 year old's game. Like, I don't know that by the time I'm 45, I can be a healthy 308. Right. Because it's that long of a game. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, even with drugs. Yeah. Um, diet sucks sometimes. You're going to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. You're going to get it right sometimes. You're probably going to fuck it up more than you get it right. More often than not. Yeah. Um, you have to do it in a way that you are managing your health. Uh, I got a kid on the way. I don't necessarily want to die young. Mm-hmm. So I can't just be a 308 for the sake of being a 308. Like yeah. if I'm a th- if I make the sacrifice to be a 308 next time, I have to be a healthy 308. Yeah, that's just the way it is. That's not even for me anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean, so it's it's um, out of our hands at this point. It is, yeah. And like I really do think the best thing for everybody, whether you're a 132 pound lifter or you're a 308 plus, is to be as healthy as as heavy as you can and as healthy as you can at the same time. And I really do think that that translates back to that. Fifty percent or more of your body mass should be skeletal muscle mass. Mm-hmm. That's fair. If you're that thin or that low of body fat, your visceral fat is probably extremely low, um, which is a big thing for those of us who use PEDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we store a lot of visceral fat, so that means a lot of people. You know, most of the time, you know, visibly you can be a body fat percentage that you're not necessarily because, uh, you know, skin calipers doesn't take into account visceral fat mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, like a body scan does take into account visceral fat, right? So like your visceral fat shouldn't be high. It doesn't matter what your external body fat percentage is. Like it's unhealthy to have a visceral fat, fat level that's high. But like if you have more muscle mass, more than likely your visceral fat's going to be lower, right. right? Like you know. So you know, we should we should try as hard as we can for the lowest body fat percentage we possibly can within reason. I don't think there's a reason for a power lifter to be below probably at 8%. Right. But like Maybe making weight if they have to, but... You know, I don't think there's a reason for... And by the way, at 8% visually, you're probably the fucking man. Right. (laughs) Nobody minds how you look if you're 8% body fat. So, you know, everybody wants to talk about um, bodybuilders getting less than one and shit like that. That's probably on a skin caliper test, but I'm telling you right now, it's not on visceral fat and everything like that. Visceral fat and everything included, I don't think there's a reason for a power lifter to be... Below 80, 8%, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, but there's also no reason why we should be 20 or 25% percent right. None. That's becoming unhealthy. Yeah. I really do think the gist of this conversation is you should be as heavy as you can be with the lowest body fat percentage you can be if you're a power lifter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what it is. I, I agree. I don't <clears> think <throat> there's anything to add to it. Um, I wish that 
I was a little bit better versed in it, and it wasn't just so speculative. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I, but at the same time, I feel like I would have a hard time finding even the best of professionals disagreeing with me wholeheartedly on this. Well, that's the thing. I don't think, especially don't think with that body fat percentage, so tied to your health markers. Yeah, I just don't think anyone would disagree just because it's it's not really something that you can argue because typically more more muscle mass increases your ability to perform. Yeah, so, absolutely. I don't. I don't think. I don't see why why there wouldn't be a correlation. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, like I said, even if you're talking about these strong men, I didn't realize people like Mike Jenkins had like freak accidents and died on Thanksgiving in his sleep or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was a day of much much heavier strong men, like I said. But like, I mean, Brian Shaw is as absolutely fucking jacked. Has mm-hmm. he got some body fat on him? Yeah, yeah. but like. But he's big, like he's he's, he's muscular, obviously muscular. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like he's not just your average like fucking fat guy at the buffet. Yeah, like, no, you can you can guy. see just by his frame, like even just in a shirt, like he his shoulders and his traps are just the like dude's got thick. fucking eighteen inch fucking forearms, dude. right? Like his forearms are bigger than our fucking biceps. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he's he's a fucking giant of a man. He's not that. I mean, though, could he be healthier? I know he could be. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's just being 400 plus pounds, right? But like, but could he be healthy? You cannot look at him and say that that guy needs to be on my 600 pound loft, right? He's not that, it's not that body type. It's just yeah. not that it. I mean, it's, that's just not it. He's visibly somebody that cares about his health. Mm-hmm. Fact, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. So, I do think, you know, really, regardless of the strength sport, I think if you're in a strength sport, I think the plan should be to be as heavy as you can be at the lowest body fat percentage you can be at. Mm. I don't know that there's a reason. I think even Joe's talked about this. There's really not much of a reason for a powerlifter to be over about 15. Yeah. Definitely not over 20. So I feel like that's an old Joe Sullivan video. Maybe you should ask him about it now. I but could. like, um, I would like to know from a trusted source like that what yeah. their opinions on it was. Yeah. And I bet even Brandon Brandon was a super heavyweight powerlifter when I when I hired him. He's lost. He's weighs less than I do now. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'd be willing to bet that he would probably say the same thing, despite being on the opposite end of that at one point. Right. So, hello. <laughs> they just had to get their input too. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was a lot of ranting, but I feel like there's a lot of good points made for yeah. the most part. I mean, I, I think we both kind of ended up at the same agreement at the end. Like, yeah. I mean, I think that you know, I think heavier helps. Until it starts messing with your health or messing with your leverages. Yeah. I, I know you don't want to repeat what you said a thousand times already. I don't. Yeah, absolutely. But, but that that is the gist of it. Like, and that's that's the point that I wanted to get to at the end too. Was just, you know, being heavy only gets you so far. Now you may get heavier on a bulk. You may get heavier than you want to get on a bulk. That's why yeah. you cut at the end and you don't continue bulking. One of the things that I'm going through right now is actually that even at 250, which is the heaviest I've been, I'm already thinking, man, I kind of want to cut weight, you know, and it's not, and I'm not going to until after the meet or until, you know, water cut or, or whatever we have to do to get, get in the 242 class. But really like, and it's not, it's not just being heavier because I like being heavier for the same reason that you do. It gives me more confidence. I feel stronger, um, mental health reasons. I just feel better 
heavier, but yeah. I also don't want to get so heavy that I'm just jiggling around everywhere. You yeah, know, that's absolutely. It, and, and you also don't want to be so heavy, like I said, that starts negatively affecting your health. Yeah, I'm so important from from a a uh, what do you call it? Not it's not narcissistic, but like more self-centered point of view maybe well just just a jiggling thing like yeah. I, I i don't like because i never never did as a, as a young well when i started in the gym and i was like a couple years in i never jiggled anywhere yeah. you know and getting getting older and getting heavier i i started jiggling a little more like <laughs> driving down the road my my belly will be jiggling I'm like ah, man you know like <laughs> Man, good thing well, I'm stronger than everybody you know. Exactly, right? <laughs> so like, there's, there's, and also just like, even though I do jiggle around a little bit, and going into work, everyone always is just like, man, dude, you're just like huge, you're massive, you're a different breed, kind of stuff, you know. And it's like, I'm not, man. I was, just, and I tell my coworkers all the time, I was like, man, because I, I have two coworkers that are pretty thin. I'm like, man, I was skinny as you, you know, like until I took it serious, until I. Wow ate so much that I wanted to puke and I keep trying, you know, telling them. For that. those of you who may not be into powerlifting, maybe, maybe watching because you just like me and Nathan, or maybe <laughs> you just found us and you're thinking about powerlifting or something. And if you made it this a far, really, really, really good example of a new body type, a, a thinner, well, not thinner, a smaller percentage body fat um, and more muscle being on their frame at a traditionally fat guy position on the football field. Mm -hmm. And I'm an Auburn fan just to, to just let everybody know, so I don't give a fuck about Alabama football. <laughs> um, but there was a gentleman, uh, he's only 22 years old now, he's six foot seven. Uh, he was a very good football player in Alabama. His name's Evan Neal. Mm -hmm. Evan's six foot seven and 330 pounds and has visible abs. Yeah. That is a traditionally, uh, if you've watched football, and most of us in America have, offensive linemen are traditionally a fatter mm -hmm. position on the football field. This guy was absolutely fucking dominant at the University of Alabama and was much, much fitter and much, much stronger than every offensive lineman on the planet at the time. Yeah. Um, so what we're talking about is not even – it's not even not even just directly attached to strongman powerlifting. It is starting to transcend in all other sports too, mm -hmm. like a healthier body fat percentage, more muscle mass on your frame versus your weight – Allows you to perform better in a heavier at, 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 a, at a at a higher level than your peers that are maybe the same weight, same height, than a higher body fat percentage. You know, it's interesting because I, I was listening to a, a sports podcast, and um, have you ever heard of water polo? Yeah. So they were talking about water polo, and I had never heard about it before. Um, but they were talking about how you know how much strength is required in water polo because you're fighting against the water all the time. You're really wrestling. Like they said, you're wrestling against the other players. And I was just thinking, man, you know, that's really, that's just interesting to me. Like the strength that you'd have to have. Cause every time I think of sports, I usually think of athletic sports like football, basketball, baseball, more like athletic body types, you know, but like a sport like that, where it's like, you have to be strong and you have to be able to, be you know coordinated strong fast all at the same time and fighting against water the whole time that's just really interesting to me I don't yeah, it's know. it is pretty cool i mean i think we'd be surprised by a lot of a lot of track and field guys are really strong yeah especially throwers but like a lot of sprinters like i mean i remember reading about usain bolt having a 600 pound back squat yeah that guy's fucking thin to be squatting 600 <laughs> yeah, pounds for real like i'm is it competition depth i'm 
I'm guessing it's probably not. Right. But like just for somebody that thin to put six hundred pounds on their back, pretty goddamn impressive. Just to, just to walk you know it what out. I mean? well, know, yeah, I mean absolutely. Have it on um, so I mean, I, I do think that strength in general is is something that helps all sports. So I think that's. I think uh, I've said it on our functional a functional fitness episode. Mm-hmm. Strength is the greatest function. Yeah. And I just you know my point with Evan Neal was um, you know here you have you know a position that is traditionally thought of as being played by a fat person. Mm-hmm. And he walks in and he's sub 20% body fat, extremely muscular. He's a little bit, because of that, even though he's the same way as everybody else, he's a little faster, a little bit more nimble, uh, a little stronger. Like there's a lot to be said for that. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like we're just talking about the world of powerlifting. I think it really does involve pretty much all sports. I mean, look at like, um, you probably don't watch as much as I do, but like, look at the role of a tight end now mm-hmm. in football versus like a wide, I mean, they use tight ends like wide receivers. Yeah, Tight ends now and today's NFL are 240 plus pound wide receivers. Wide receivers typically are around 100, uh, 180, 180 to 205 pounds. Yeah. So you're talking about people that are just as athletic and almost as fast as somebody 50 pounds less than them, and they're making a fucking ton of money. <laughs> uh, they can block, they can catch, they can run, they can do everything a wide receiver can, and then some. Mm-hmm. And they're bigger, stronger, more athletic body types and still very, very low body fat percentages. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think you see it in a lot of sports. I think – I think we did see it with baseball mm-hmm. in the steroid era. Yeah. Not necessarily because of steroids, but I think that fitness mattered then more right. than it probably does now. There's some modern-day MLB players that are fucking fat. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize that they're probably strong on their legs, and they can probably sprint like a motherfucker, and they can still throw, and they can do all these things. But, like, it's not the same era of baseball mm-hmm. as it was. It just, I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, basketball players now... Everybody beats their. I get on this soapbox before. Everybody beats their chest about how great Jordan was, and Jordan was an incredibly, incredibly good basketball player. Look at the size of basketball players versus the size of them yeah. in Jordan's era. They were bean poles in Jordan's era. They're all fucking built like Mack trucks now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all like they're they're pretty muscular men for people that are have a sport that's ninety percent cardio. Right. Extremely muscular men considering. So I I just think that that's probably this be as heavy as you can at the lowest body fat percentage thing you can. I think it transcends powerlifting. I think it's yeah. sports at large. I think and that you makes, see that on a professional level. Yeah, I I think that makes sense though, because like like we said as far as like your training goes, right? Like you think about like we you were just talking about offensive linemen how much training can they actually get at that heavy body fat percentage like Realistically, because well, they're going to tire out. Yeah, well, especially something like somebody like Evan Neal probably can practice for. He probably gets hours of practice on his own, right? That's not even you know recorded in the New York Giants facility. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I mean? Because he probably has the energy too, because he is a healthier body type than most of his peers. Mm-hmm. The rest, I mean, of it does them. translate to more reps, and more reps means you're better at your sport. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot to it. I really do about being in a healthier body fat percentage. I yeah. think there's a whole lot to it. Um, I don't think that we're. I'm personally tired of it because I've seen myself go through it. But like, I am tired of the powerlifting's for fatties. Yeah. Mentality. I, th- I think you the- get a lot of that from the bodybuilding community. God damn, <laughs> they're they're butt hurt because you have somebody like John Hack that is much much stronger than them. But like, but could also step on stage in like six weeks. Yeah, I mean, they're extremely fucking butthurt about shit like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
it's not a fat sport. Yeah, and it's and it's unfortunate and that I people think, like me have made it look like a fat sport. I think the further <laughs> we get into powerlifting, like especially now with all the good information that is out there, the further away we're going to get from it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take time. Look at CT Fletcher's story: eating everything he could, as much as he could, wrecked his own heart, mm-hmm. just so he could be the biggest, strongest in the world. Yeah, I bet you CT would have much, much wiser advice about that now. Mm-hmm. Than he did 30 years ago. Right. I mean, he's a prime example of what that lifestyle can do to you versus what hacking people like that are doing mm-hmm. now. Yeah, you think about longevity. Like, you look one, one person specifically, and, and just because I like him a lot, Mark Bell, I mean. Talking is about his ability to adapt. Yeah, he went he went from going super, you know, super heavyweight, you know, fairly unhealthy. He talks about it. He said he was unhealthy. He took way too many drugs. Now he's running. He's like two twenty, two thirty, something like that. Um, shredded. He did a bodybuilding show. Yeah, like he it was pretty at, good at it too. He looked, yeah. he looked good. And the whole time he was talking about his powerlifting days, he was like, "The whole thing with me was that every time I competed, when I finished competing, I lost weight." And that's that was his reasoning for how he managed to stay in it as long as he did. It was because he always. I'm telling you right now, with his experience and his know how, at 230 pounds, that guy could gain 15 pounds and be a be a really really fucking successful 242 and probably break masters records today. Oh yeah, if he wanted. If he want, I mean, I realize he's probably done with it, but yeah, like, I, th- I think his powerlifting uh, career is pretty much behind. But uh, I bet he could. I bet raw he could probably be as good as he's ever been. Yeah. I think to be so honest, too. I mean, he might have to be, he would probably have to be willing to get into a, a weight class that he probably isn't comfortable with anymore. Mm-hmm. He'd probably have to be a 275 because I know Mark's probably a pretty big guy. Yeah. Um, but I bet that if he wanted to make a resurgence and just, just to say he did it, mm-hmm. he probably could fuck up Masters at 275, like probably real hard. You know, that'd be, that'd be, <laughs> that would be kind of fun I mean, to he's see. the only Masters that's going to fucking go, you know, he's going to bench press 500 plus. Yeah. Raw. Like, just casually. They might only squat the same, but there's no telling what it does. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I know. Didn't he? Didn't he hurt himself on a thousand pound squat? Wasn't that? Wasn't yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, but deal? I mean, he squatted pretty heavy since. Yeah, I've been watching Mark. I don't watch him as often as you do, but I know I've seen him squat six or seven hundred pounds since then. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I think that if he wanted to just take over, if he wanted to retake over powerlifting, he probably could. Yeah. At I mean, at masters, that level, anyway. Yeah, yeah, at the masters but, category, <laughs> it is what it is. Long, long episode ish, but was it? Uh, yeah, it was not our normal. longest. About, but, about normal here lately, so I will take it. Yeah. So we got dad jokes. What was? I'm not going to do a dad joke. I'm going I'm to tell that one that you uh, sent you earlier. <laughs> okay. I can't remember what it was. I vaguely remember. Oh yeah, do you uh, did you know that uh, all the uh, all the zodiac signs have their uh, have their own haircut? Do they? Yeah, except for Cancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, shit, I know I, I I thought I shared one, and now I'm upset because I don't see it. I probably sent it to Desi. Oh yeah, I may have sent it to you too, but. Uh, I locked eyes with a spider, but instead of killing him, I ran away and hid so he can spend the night stressing over where I am. <laughs> Thought there was another one that I had, but uh, what do you call a uh, bunch of rabbits walking backwards? 
a receding hairline. (laughs) 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 Oh man, that reminds me of one that I saw. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go to Dad says jokes though. Every time with a dad says jokes, it's the best place. I got some new sources this time. You can't even play. (laughs) You can't even come up with a new source. (laughs) So uh, I tried to explain to my four year old son that it's perfectly normal to accidentally poop your pants, but he's still making fun of me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would probably make fun of the guy too, to be honest. Dad says jokes. Uh, So my wife is leaving me because I'm going bald, but I'm not bothered. It's hair loss. <laughs> uh, you're lucky I don't have any service out here. I guess my phone has forgotten your Wi-Fi because oh, sure. I can't get anything. So I guess I'm out of dad jokes. Uh, well, that that'll be a good place to end it on. So. Yeah, good place. So thank you guys for watching slash listening. Um, give us a follow. Give us a like. Um, five stars, please. Five stars on Spotify. I'm really sorry about the joke to start the show. <laughs> no, you. Maybe not. we'll maybe we'll snip this and put it at the beginning. My apology. <laughs> so that, uh, everybody has a disclaimer and they Listen, know how sorry I am. That requires effort. This is a low effort podcast. <laughs> it'll be all right they'll either they'll either be down with it or not and if they're down with it they're probably going to listen to the episode and if they're not they're just not hey what is uh what does a catholic priest and mcdonald's have in common <laughs> they both stick 40 year old meat between eight year old buns <laughs> oh oof 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 all right yeah, we gotta end it go. on that. We gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs>